We want it. We need it. We must have the precious. They stole it from us. Sneaky little hobbitses. Wicked tricksy false. And you, did you see, did you notice how your shoulders went up to your ears just like mine did? Like, yeah, there's no other way to do it, There's man. no other way. Like, the fact that uh, Andy Serkis can do that voice and look normal, I suppose, is pretty crazy. Well, I mean, one of the things I was really just, like, taken aback with while doing this watch was how much he flails, too. Yeah. Like... It's such a smart choice to make Gollum like a child, right? And, oh, yeah. And only a child has that kind of energy to literally move their body in opposite directions and, and throw themselves on the ground. And Andy Circus is doing all that. So there's like – also, I did not know Andy Circus was like the bad guy from Black Panther and stuff like that. Like that Really? Just, I, I, just, I just didn't know what Andy Circus looked like. And then okay. I'm, I sing this big brawny dude. I'm not putting two and two together. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, his regular voice is crazy. Like, he Ugh. just – it's crazy. And he's, like, a great actor outside of his mocap stuff. It's Great amazing, actor. Like, I mean, that makes – that's why his mocap has to be great, I'm yeah. sure. Um, so, anyway, welcome to – not anyway. Well, it's all part of it. Welcome to the first part of our deep dive into the Two Towers uh, if you're along with us so far in the jur- uh, journey, we've just done three parts of Fellowship, and here we are starting Two Towers. So um, what? how are we breaking it up, Ben? So this week we are doing up to where the big reveal of Gandalf, which, you know, spoilers, but oh, it's, no. so, it's so crazy they put that in the trailer, though. That's like one of my first notes. Did like, they? That's, really? That's in the trailer, and it's... It's one of those things where... Should we do what we did, like, last time? Yeah, let's watch the the trailer. trailer. Yeah. I'll I'll look it up real quick. Okay, cool. um, So this one we're doing, and then, so until Gandalf appears, and, you know, then they see shadow facts and stuff like that. And then next week, I think we're going to do, next week is going to be the, where Arwen leaves... And then you have, like, kind of the mind meeting of Elrond and Galadriel deciding mm-hmm. if they're going to leave men to their fate. And then the last week will just be, like, the big battle, the Entmoot, all the all the good stuff. Right, the Entmoot. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, yeah, let's get that trailer up. Let's see. Because what I wanted to ask, too, is how long in between movie one and movie two was there. Was it a year or was it exactly two years? Exactly a year. Wow. Three years that's, in a row. That's pretty great. Oh, like he filmed all of this at the same time and they've tried to, and it's so funny, they just like haven't been able to replicate that because, I, you know, granted studios don't want to give money to a full trilogy all at once and that's completely understandable. Um, But yeah, just three Three movies all at once, and then 
Whew, yeah, crazy. I think as like an audience, you have to appreciate that. That's oh kinda, yeah, I mean, I mean, why like they, I wanted they, to realize because it's like even Dune had to wait to see if it was going to be successful before they greenlit part two, which, which is, is crazy. crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay, let's get this Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers official trailer. Let's do it. Way <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes has listed as Vigo Mortensen movie. <laughs> That's fair. Using more Galadriel. Uh, Pretty special. Ooh, ooh. Oh, they, they knew the money shot even before TikTok did. <laughs> you go wa- walking in. Yeah. Towers, Barador, Fortress of the Dark Lord Sauron, and Orthanc, Stronghold. Is Galadriel just doing VO that's not in the movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is for the trailer. She's basically trailer voice right now. An unseen danger draws closer. Or there is another who hunts the ring. This is the trailer moment I remember. I, I wrote it down. Wow. Ma- this is like the first time we're seeing Gollum. Too. Yeah. It's his introduction. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god, the battle. Dang. The battle for Middle Earth begins. We don't even realize that th- those are elves next to no. him. Oh, oh, Arwen looking beautiful. First. Oh, Eowyn. God, Good. Mer- huh. Oh, oh no. the shield shot. Let's go. <laughs> God, literally 17 characters we've never met before that you can't get over. The two towers. Oh! I come back to you now at the oh. turn of the tide. They just give it to you. Yeah. They just give you Gandalf. They don't even leave you in suspense. And even in the, you know, like, kind of, it's a lot of spoilers in this trailer. Like, they show the elves, you know, granted, you don't know they're elves in the trailer. You can't really tell, but, you know, they show the elves uh, shooting the arrows, and they show the... The Gandalf breaking the ranks in the charge at the very end of the battle. So, and just like showing Gandalf in general, it was like when I remember like the the most famous example is in Terminator 2. They revealed that Arnold was going to be the good guy in the trailer Mm. because it's such a if you just watch the movie blind, it's such a great of like, oh, Arnold beats up some biker guys and Robert Patrick, the T-1000, like he kills a cop for his uniform. Mm-hmm. And then like he's a cop and they're both searching for John. And you know from the last movie, Arnold's obviously a bad guy. And so it's like, oh, who's going to get to him first? Like, I don't know who the good guy is in this movie. And then at the like they see him at the same time and at the last second, Arnold says, get down. And then he uh. shoots Robert Patrick. And it's such a great reveal. And it's like, oh my gosh, if... I wish I had never, you know, known and, like, just seen that firsthand. That would have been such a crazy reveal. But it's like that. I wonder how non-book people felt about seeing that in the trailer. It's like, oh, Gandalf's coming back. Right. Oh, I kind of wish I would have seen that in the movie and not in the trailer. Granted, there's still so much that's going to go on. Like, the the good thing about, like, th- these particular movies is, Sometimes you feel you see a trailer and you watch the movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and that's not necessarily what's happening here. 
Um, and we do get – that's why we're doing Gandalf up to this point because we get him within the first hour of the film. Um, yeah. Granted, it is like at the hour mark of the extended um, cut. But I have a couple friends that do their utmost to not watch a trailer for a film they know they're going to go see anyway, which I think is really smart actually. Like yeah. you, you're keeping you're keeping just those moments – alive as opposed to like anticipating oh i remember when i saw that part when's that part in the trailer of the trailer coming up into the film so yeah it's kind of wild that they just give you that gandalf although i wonder if they're like if we don't have ian mckellen in this people are not going to be interested i don't don't think so like i've never thought of ian mckellen as a box office draw but maybe maybe this is um as gandalf though he might be because X-Men was 2000. Uh, and this was then... also the era of dopey wizards, right? We have Dumbledore also. like. Yeah, that's true. So like, just the imagery of the wizard, I think, is also doing a lot of heavy lifting. I might be yeah. wrong. I might be wrong. Um, anyway, let's get into it, shall we? Let, let us do it. And we start with... The beautiful helicopter shots of the Misty Mountains. And what a great, because I think a lot of people kind of expected a previously on. And that is, I mean, we kind of get that. We're rehashing the Minds of Moria, Bridge of Khazadum scene. You can hear it. Um, oh my God, the muffled yes. uh, screams is just so perfect because you don't realize what's happening until you hear like, you shall not pass. Oh my God. Because thankfully, for some reason, I have my subtitles on and I have become one of those converts who truly, I like having my subtitles on for even just like yeah. all, all TV and all that. So I, I forgot that it opens like with these screams and Gandalf and like as we're looking at Karadras. It's awful. It's awful. It's great. And then ice cold. Hey, remember when Gandalf died? <laughs> really? But really. what a perfect, like, you're wondering why you're watching this. And I mean, maybe that's why they did it to to let you know, like, oh, he survives this or something in the trailer. But you're wondering why you're watching this. But as soon as he falls, we just get this first person just sky jump off into the depths of hell. Like, crazy. Honestly, Gandalf is probably the best <laughs> ever. This this is the wizard. This is book Gandalf. I, I have that on my notes. This Ooh. is the Gandalf we've been told about is that there's no like, oh, man, what am I going to do now? There's no like, a whoa. No, it is straight into, and, you know, I said it last week or the week we did Moria where you can see him immediately go into his swan dive Oh. And he does here. He's like, I just got to catch up to my sword. I just got to ca- catch up to Glamdring, and it's on. And and mounts the Balrog. Just straight up. Like, there's a, I think it's in, like, the menu scene of Two Towers where there's, like, a slow motion thing. And he's, like, on the back of its neck with his sword in his head. Oh, like, my. There's, like, a still. Goodness. It's, it's so wild. And... And because, like, you know, you're watching Fellowship, you're like, oh, Gandalf's barely holding his own. Like, he's not doing good. Oh, that was clever with the bridge. But no, it's like, no, it's like, <laughs> he's it's tired. Like, oh, man, you're, tired. Yeah, you're not, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. 
<laughs> for sure. <laughs> but yeah, amazing beginning. And then right when he hits uh, the under the mountain lake. Which uh, is also just an incredible shot just yeah. to like zoom out so far and watch the fire crest into this like crater in the ceiling and have them drop into an uh, an underground lake. Some so amazing. Oh yeah. My then, question to you is is this is this what happened? Is Frodo dreaming what really happened? Cuz this is not in the book that Frodo has this dream. No, I don't I don't think it's it's a dream like that, but just like I think he he probably woke up and he might have seen his perspective from that of Gandalf falling, but he didn't see like the fight or anything. He might have seen Gandalf fall, and you know, like that's why he he screams it just like he did in Moria, basically. I see. Sure. Yeah, I was trying to think of like, did Frodo have that entire imagery that we just saw in his dream? Like, it's still shocking, you know. And there there would be a, but the thing is, it's like I feel like if he had that dream where they fell into the lake and Frodo saw all that, he wouldn't wake up as despondent. Yeah. Or like just depressed. I feel like you'd be like, well, I wonder if that, maybe Gandalf is alive, you know? Um, I don't know. I think, you know, as we see, I mean, even as we see before this movie, he's already not eating. He's already kind of withdrawn within himself. So he's already pretty despondent in general. Like he's he's trying to keep it together, but you can tell because it's been months. It's already been months that he's had this thing around his neck. So it's, it's already wearing him thin. Totally. Totally. All right. So we do see them like making their way, not through the Emin wheel yet. Right. Um, No, they're in Emin wheel. Okay. Um, and, and they, they're like they're, they're lost because you know like Gimli like kind of points at it as like an, an impassable labyrinth of razor sharp rocks. That's what it is. So my question is, well, not even my question. My observation is, Sam almost killed Frodo for salt as they were climbing down the rock face. I have that exact same note, <laughs> Jessica. So <laughs> like, grab it. <laughs> they have no idea how far no down and even, the ground is. And I know like Middle Earth and most things like take a six foot fall pretty for granted right if you felt like you know we said in the last episode when he falls off the big chair he's like something's broken or like the wind is knocked out of him Mm -hmm. or his lung is collapsed or something like that's Mm -hmm. a hard fall that he takes especially since he's three feet tall um and so the same thing like yeah thank god he lands on his feet but even that fall if your legs don't know when to brace they're broken Beyond that, he they even Sam says to him, "How much further down?" Frodo goes, "I have no idea." So, as far as you know, it is incredibly further down the ground, and he still has the worst wherewithal and says, "Grab it!" when he drops the salt. And so he's sacri- he's literally sacrificing Frodo for this box of seasoning. Right? It's inc- it's it's it, it, it's very Pippin, actually, Lee. I should say. Oh, there's another Pippin moment in this part that I almost lose my mind over. I'm I dinged him a couple times. I I think we have a same the same ding. Yeah. Crazy. So salt. I guess it's a sweet moment where it's like, oh, it's a piece of the Shire. Yeah, no, in case Sam. we find a roast chicken. Dumb. So dumb. Yeah. He he's he. I understand it. Like if you leave, if you live a life of luxury your entire life, like 
nothing bad happens in the Shire. I, I don't think right. people realize like what a perfect place the Shire is. Because even in In terms you know, of peacefulness. Even in Numenor, you know, there's probably unhoused people, you know, there's sure. levels, you know, there's still royalty, so you know, you're not as rich as the next guy, like you're still like having to be a blacksmith or something like in the Shire, everything's fine. Everyone's a farmer, everyone, like, unless you run a bar or something, but I don't think, you know, Rosie Cotton is any more rich than the next person. Right. Like, like there might be levels of wealth, but you don't ever really see it. Like, or we're not well, exposed they're not fighting, to it. They're not fighting battles with each yeah. other. They, this, like, there's no Game of Thrones in right. the Shire. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's no 100%. political intrigue or, you know. <laughs> there's just social intrigue. Yeah. yeah there's, there's the Saxville Bagginses that are, turn out to be evil, truly, in the book. But other than that, like, you don't, there's nothing. And so... I can give him this kind of pass for just like, oh yeah, save the save the spices, but I don't think he expected Frodo to lose his grip. But, That's also yeah. fair. That's also fair. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, it's such a thin rope. But he does say it so like, grab it! Oh my god, grab it! <laughs> it's it is life or death in that moment. It really is life the, or death. It's I think crazy. that's why this left such a big impression on me because I was like, ooh, what is it? What did he drop? Because I forgot that it was yeah. soft. So I'm like certain it's got to be very imp- – it's the light of a lendial. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. sure that it's going to be important and it's just not. It's it's, it's upsetting how unimportant it is. Um, another one of my favorite moments here is they get on the top of the hill and and they're like, we're lost. But you can see the direction you're supposed to go. So how lost are you? <laughs> well, like I'm wondering, like, is the mist always around? Is that fog always there? they can there? see the flame on the horizon when they see say that. Like, they can see Mountain Doom up in smoke. But you still have to get there. I mean, sure, I'm sure there's like Go in that direction. <laughs> but that's the thing is that, like, you know, they, they climb down and now they can't see the direction Fair. anymore. Um, but, and, and, like, the joke that the rope, you know, unties itself. Like, okay – does the beat play that Sam doesn't know how to tie a knot or does the beat play that the elven rope is magical and unties itself? Wow. Because um, like the fact that he says, well, that's not coming undone. It's one of my knots. And then it, it immediately unties. And he does say real elvish rope. No, so actually like, Frodo says that. Yeah, I know. But like I, I'm, it's kind of like they're playing on both beats there. They're like, oh, my knots are really good immediately unties and then he's like oh well it's the rope so it's like i'm wondering what they were going for there got it um i think they're going with sam being embarrassed and also allowing us to see that it's magical rope i think that's a good i think you're that's a good point out because if if it was um just sam having a really great knot and then pulling it and then it's like oh wow what a magical moment he could have been more like Wow. You know, like, as opposed to ashamed. I think he was ashamed in that moment a little bit. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It definitely does. What do you think they were going for? I think it, they're trying, they're more knocking on the bad knot from Sam thing. You especially, think so? Especially right after the spices thing. Like, they're really hammering that, like, oh, Sam, big dum-dum. Yeah. And it's like, sure. no, it's it's the rope. Like, that's the point of the rope is that it's magical elven rope. And yeah, like, that's why know. I hesitated because I'm not sure if you're a book reader, if you if you're not a book reader, do you know what they're actually saying? 
Yeah, and that's the thing is that like this is this scene is only in the extended version, and then later on, you know, when they capture Gollum, you know, he's like, "Oh, elves made this rope and it burns," right, and right, so right, right. like that's that's the only time we see the rope in the theatrical cut is the rope is when Gollum's tied up. Oh, what a strange thing! Yeah. Huh. Yeah. No, for me, it plays that it's elvish magic, but I I think I'm also filling in a lot of the the blanks, and I think. Sam feels shown up by that. Yeah. Like, not Sam's so dumb, but, like, the elves foiled his perfect knot. Like, I think he's just a little embarrassed by yeah. it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think that's... It, but it works. Does it not work for you? Or It works. I, I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, the more I watch this, like, the more that, like, Gimli does not work for me in this. Really? Not not doesn't work because he, John Reese Davies is a great actor. He delivers these lines great. He knows what he's supposed to do. But like we'll get to it, but the way when they go into Fangorn, yeah, we'll we'll save it for later. We'll save okay, it. Okay, yeah, I'm interesting. I'm interested to to hear your take on it cuz I'm also watching him with yeah. a close eye too. So um, we see it raining and like mm-hmm. Frodo senses that someone's watching them. It's kind of like, you know, another little hand golem moment. And then the next day that's when they say they're lost and he's like, "Oh, there's a smell around here how bad does golem have to smell that they could just smell him like because he's not staying that close to them but he's not that far but just open air there's no other smell in the air besides golem no yeah it's not like they're surrounded by trees or a bog or something like that yeah it's I, just I mean, golem it's calls <laughs> probably got to smell pretty bad you know what it's the loincloth it is. It's like it's one piece of clothing. Because, like, you know, we see him jump. Like, he's going fishing, so he's getting in water and stuff to to at least get food. I'm not saying that erases all the smell, but I'm sure it dampens it a little bit. Well, I think it's my. I think it's similar to how, like, depending on the direction of the wind, the, an animal can sense the human, too, whether we smell bad or not. But yeah. definitely, all of a sudden, the wind changes, and they're smelling Gollum's loincloth, which is... Brown with God knows what. <laughs> very, very, very true. There's, oh, there's no, a lot no. going on there. Uh, I don't want to ever think about that again. I mean, there was like almost butt crack when he starts crawling down to uh, attack them while they're both pretending to be asleep. But what a great introduction to the character. Like, you yeah. know, they, they're pretending to be asleep. He's creeping down and he's, he's talking. And he's like, oh, they stole it from us. They stole it. We want it. Like, this is such a perfect introduction because we've heard about this character. We've seen outlines of him. Uh, we've seen his eyes. We've seen his fingers and everything right, like that. And we right. finally get to see him in full. And I'm glad they didn't, like, build it up anymore because they built it up plenty. And even, you know, Frodo saying, we're not alone out here. And so it's it's a really good buildup for this character that's going to be obviously so incredibly pivotal. Um and then we finally get him, and, like, what were your first thoughts when you saw Gollum? Was it what you thought he was going to look like? Well, okay, so I am going to share this quick anecdote that Alex actually shared with me just last night. He was teaching one of his students at, at the place where he works, and somehow, like, Roblox, Roblox comes up, and then Lord of the Rings comes up or something like that. Yeah. And the kid goes, oh, I can't watch Lord of the Rings. It's too scary for me. Okay. And and Alex is like, oh, okay, that's fair. Like, you know, I can. I guess like the kid's like a young twelve or something like that. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Then. And and then he goes, he says to Alex, you know, the naked one. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the naked one. And Alex one. like pauses and goes, 
Gollum? <laughs> Make is sure it, we're talking about Lord of the Rings and not yes. Lord of the G strings or he something. He was like afraid, like the one, like a disc got in. The, like he was just like a really like took a took a beat to make sure this yeah. kid knew what he was talking about. And he's like, "Yeah, that character is too scary for me." Which That's is fair. Totally fair. Because uh, there's something um, really unsettling, something deeply unsettling about um, Gollum. For Absolutely. Me, what I was noticing. And and again, if you're not a book reader, I don't know if you feel this, if you understand this, but Gollum is vicious and should, should could kill both Frodo and No, that's – I have those notes Sam too here. is that like he's so surprisingly strong and wiry and wiggly and squirmy. Like he does. Like he gets the best of both of them. He does. And if it wasn't – if he wasn't trying to get the ring, if he was trying to just kill them, he probably would have. Well, he was about to kill Sam. Yeah. But, like, fighting Sam is what distracted him to give Frodo enough time to get the jump on him. Yeah. Um, because Also, thank God for Sam's cloak, because otherwise he would have a very infected bite. There are, there's no way you would... Is that what we think happened? Oh, I didn't realize he didn't actually get bit. I think, like, he, like, felt, like, the pressure of it or something. Otherwise, and because you never see... Granted, it could just be a movie thing. I don't know. But, like, there's no way you could get a bite from Gollum and not die from a disease. Also, where Gollum isn't, like, actively trying to rip out your jugular, too. So, like, the information that we all know as book readers up to this point, if you're just watching the movies, he killed orcs in the dark in the Misty Mountains. This guy knows how to, like, end life. So, I don't know if that was 100% his goal, but, like, what I was thinking about is, like, he's literally dangerous very um, dangerous and and that moment that moment worked for me in terms of like the danger for both frodo and sam in that moment even though they were prepared to jump him. yes yeah they they lured him into a trap but he sprung it and still almost got out of there and almost killed sam like, yeah and sam sam is going for it sam is also like i'm gonna die killing this thing Oh, for sure. And, like, that's the thing is, like, Sam is, like, one of the strongest hobbits we know. Like, granted, you know, after this, you know, Mary and Pippin get taller and stuff like that. But sure. Sam's, a, Sam's a, a sturdy boy. Yeah, he, he definitely, he's definitely scrambling, too. Like, he's. Yeah. So, they, they uh, Frodo kind of, like, cows Gollum. Um, and we. It's kind of amazing, this 180 of vicious, deathly monster to tantrum child. Yes, immediately starts crying because he, like, got caught and, like, didn't get his way. <laughs> right, 100%. It's and fantastic. it's funny because, like, I understand why he's crying when the rope is on him because it hurts him. But, like, as soon as, like, Frodo's, like, you're going to come with us, he goes, like, he, just started, he literally is a child. It's so funny. It's so good. and And I think... Andy Serkis carried that over so well to uh, Riddles in the Dark for the Hobbit movies. Yes. Because it was actually like, you know, in the weirdest way to put this, like charming to see how excited Gollum was to play games with Bilbo. I still think about that all the time. Yeah. And, and all that groundwork is, it pays off here too. Um, but yeah, he does, they, I, long story short, in this moment, Frodo is able to get Gollum to at least pledge allegiance to not harming them because of the ring. 
Yes. And it's a very good moment because it, it's – I didn't realize that – you know, he does say, like, in this moment, I do pity him. And he gets him to swear on the ring to, you know, like, take them to Mordor. But even in this moment, he's still Gollum. Like, he doesn't call him Smeagol until later that night. And I didn't realize that. Like, I sure I realized it, but, you know, just watching this again, he didn't have that same moment. So he's just making a deal with Gollum. And he's like, okay, just for my survival, I'll do this and lead them out. Um, but it's later that you see, like, him truly awaken, like, Smeagol. And, like, aside that neither of them really knew was there. I think that's right. I think that's that's kind of what I'm what my takeaway is with Gollum right now in like the first third and like maybe somewhat into the first half of the film is he's he's playing both sides of the the coin and it isn't until later on where Frodo's like I actually see you for what you were and you, that is still there um it's hard to say cuz Gollum is Smeagol, but Smeagol isn't Gollum. Exactly. So elements of Smeagol, this this being with um, joy and uh, joking and like humanistic qualities, can show up in Gollum. Does that make sense? Uh, I see where you're trying. There's you're like going. moments where you can be like, okay, he's kind of like on the same page as them, but but for the majority of the time, he's with them in the first third of the film. His goal is to get the ring. He just hasn't figured out his plan yet. Yeah, because even in that scene where they're like, oh, he's losing us. And then he's like, this way. Like, yep. it's like a little Smeagol moment, but it's still Gollum. But 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 it's Gollum before that Smeagol moment. He's like, I, I shouldn't be guiding them. And he's like mad at himself for yeah. having gotten caught and being at their whim. Um, and really... Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying is like you have Smeagol moments peppered up until the true Smeagol awakening, which is why I think Frodo pities him, which is why Frodo like takes a little more of an interest in him. It, it's not a black and white situation, which is no, not at all. But again, you can see why Sam doesn't trust him. Well, and he, he absolutely tried to kill them. You're 100 yes. percent like I don't know. Sam almost died. So if I'm Sam, I don't know how I trust Gollum. So I do understand that. But even but but Sam is pretty mean to him. Anyway, he carrying uh, carrying on to our the orcs, we have you know, um, excuse me, Aragorn, Gimli, poor Gimli. Poor well, Gimli. well, first we we've got the scene with uh, Merry and Pippin. We, we see the orcs. Yeah, we see them with the orcs first, right? And so, like this is what I'm like. I will say it a thousand times, but this is like twenty different guys in twenty different makeup, twenty different armors, all giving it a thousand. And you know, we'll talk about it later. We know um, uh, when meets back on the menu. <laughs> right. All those guys giving like a thousand percent in each one of their scenes. But this guy, oh, can't take his medicine. Like, it's like, oh, my God. It's all every line is delivered so over the top, but in the best way possible. And this is a great because there's like a full chapter from Marrier. I think it's from Pippin's perspective where you are with the Urukai when they're, you know, traveling across the plains of Rohan right, and stuff right. like that. And you get to know Ugluck and all the other right. orcs and stuff. 
So this the was politics a cool, going on between the two. Yeah, between the Mordor of, orcs right? and the and the Isengard orcs and everything, right. and like the power dynamic and who's got what. And you know, honestly, you know, we ding Pippin a lot, but this was a heads up play, uh, leaving the the Rivendell the Lorien brooch uh, on the ground, like to, you know, using his teeth to to tear it out and leave a little clue for Aragorn because you know, like I smelled men flesh. Oh, you know, speaking of sense of smell. They are days behind them, and they can smell them crazy. It, it's uh, yeah, the orc. These orcs are these are super super freaks. Next super, like, level for Rick sure. James, super freaks. <laughs> uh, they're what are they? Crawl? They're like super crawl. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. What? God, I can't even. Invasion, I didn't a, even a, finish it. We uh, couldn't so do bad. it. It started off so good, and then it, it did. I, I agree. Oh, and we're then, back in like a mystery, you know, covert ops. This is great. Oh, uh, it's a super scroll fighting with every power and CGI battle. Got it. <laughs> cool. How we got here? No one knows. Couldn't cool. be less. I couldn't be more disappointed in Amelia Clark's performance. Literally one of the like wet, most wet fish performances ever. Anyway, um, maybe that was I, a choice. It might have been a choice. It didn't work for me because I like that Christmas movie she's in. Last Christmas. I liked it. Dude, she's not a bad actor. No, she's great. She's bad in this. Yeah. <laughs> she was ba- she was bad in, in Secret Invasion. I thought To be so. fair, like it's so tough because you know, uh, well, I've talked about the prequel so many times. It's so tough to say they're bad performances when the script was terrible and they're all in giant blue rooms. Like Right, right. You know, we talked about in The Hobbit, you know, Ian McKellen breaking down. It's like this isn't acting. It's like it's so tough to like judge a performance when all they're doing is like either they're on the volume or they're in a big green room with tennis balls. Like it's crazy. Sure. I, I, I don't think that applies to Amelia Clark. Cause you have a lot of one-on-one scenes with her dad and, and um, the, like the main scroll crawl guy. So it's not like she got, she got some like normal He's super action. tall, by the way, the, the bad guy. Kingsley Benadir, I think his name. Really? Was. He was in um wasn't he in uh Yeah, he was in Barbie. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was one He's of the Kens. Tall? He's tall. That's they what did I was not so make happy. him look tall as no. a Ken. Be- uh no, uh because he probably couldn't be taller than Ryan Gosling. No. Like, can't can't be taller than the star. Come on. No. Can't do that. No. That's not allowed. No, it's not. Well, so okay. I'm trying to remember, but I had this actually marked down as a ding for Pippin for telling them to give Mary some uglug for some water like like he Oh wait, knew. I was wrong. He's 57. How did, why did I think he was tall? I don't know. He's got a tall presence? Maybe. Maybe he, actually, maybe in those scenes with Amelia Clark cuz she's like 5 she's foot. She's so whittle. She's yeah. a will baby. Yeah, she uh, she whittle. <laughs> she whittle whittle. So maybe that's why I thought he was tall cuz like sure. he's probably 7 inches taller than her, but she's <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, she's four foot nothing. She's yeah. no, she's five foot nothing. She's she's a little girl. Um, she yeah. So five he, two. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, she's not five. She in, five in four inch short. heels. Five two is short. It's not. It's 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 relatively short for a woman. Um, How did her Janelle? and Jason Momoa ever do like rom- like the fact that they did romantic scenes and it didn't look. Insane. Like, well, it also it it was unsettling. It but that's the, the thing. Like in the book, she's supposed unsettling. to be fourteen. That's so the it crazy works part. In that sense, yeah, it works in that sense. But like, they definitely like were trying to not do that to the no. at least to their credit. There's a lot of like not great stuff in that show. 
but they were at least like being like, okay, she's she's not fourteen. Maybe she's like seventeen or sixteen or seventeen. Like she's not like that. She's not a child bride. She's not yeah. a child incest bride. She's just like an she, she bride. has she is being sold for an army uh, by her right. crazy vindictive uh, incestual brother. Right. But she's not fourteen. Okay. Right. Right. They <laughs> <laughs> made some choices for yeah. sure. Um, I mean, that's what Game of Thrones did well, though, was kind of like portray the savagery, even though there's fantasy in it, that's of what the, the medieval times were like. Well, that's the thing is that like we're here where everyone's talking in uh, prose and old English. And yes, oh, I uh, not idly do the leaves of Lorien fall. Right, right, And Game right. of Thrones, Aragorn would be like, well, F these guys, they're dead. <laughs> Anyways, uh, pay me my gold coins, Elrond. I'm going to go. Right. Where's your daughter? <laughs> yeah, where's your daughter? Where's your dowry for your daughter? <laughs> I'm going to sail that ship, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> she already well, gave me him mortality. Eh, elbow, elbow. Like, <laughs> If Mr. Anderson. Put, yeah, putting down what I'm picking up there, buddy. <laughs> the, uh, putting down the leaves of Lorien, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, okay, so remind me and see if you if you can remember. You guys are sailing west. Well, guess what? She's sailing south, baby. <laughs> <laughs> did we still say did we say PG thirteen in this? Yeah. We did, we did. Yeah, okay, good. We're 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 towing the line. Um <laughs> she's sailing south. <laughs> I hope people listen to our show just to get new memes. Because yes, absolutely. I think you should. Um, so I think in the book, Pippin and Mary are given a draft of orc drink. Yeah, was it? It's grog. Is what grog, it's and it does. It tastes bad, obviously, and it looks like ugh, maple syrup or something treacly. But like, they it helps them actually survive. Yeah, the they book. they run a little bit in the book, but like the the urchi but are they're so hurt. Sp- yeah, they're hurt, but they 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 run, and that's when they drink the grog, and they're like, oh, it it sucks, but it it's like you know, it's like they're taking like five hour energy. It tastes like crap, but you know, it'll help you keep going. Basically, I mean, it always works for me. It does work. And yeah. So, because that's kind of what also contributes to the orcs being able to run seventeen days in a row at no, yeah. you know, and not losing pace or even being able to quicken pace but this is why i ding pippin in the movie pippin thinks it's water and tells them to give it to mary and basically has mary waterboarded with maple syrup yeah that was uh, like i because he really does drink it or at least like goes in his mouth so i wonder what was in there um, but like, do, it, do you see it the same way I do? I it, do. He's like, oh, he's hurt. He needs what? Like, do you realize you're captured by orcs? This you're not. They're not gonna like. There's no Geneva Convention in Middle Earth, and especially with orcs, there's no like prisoners of war rule here. You are going. You're lucky, and even you know we get to it later. You're lucky you're not being tortured or you know strung up or eaten. Right. Like, and so, uh, don't ask for, for for good treatment with orcs. But did it was Mary actually not doing well, and did that revive him? It, it did help him. It okay. did help him. So it's like it was about to be a, a ping against Pippin, but he so he's staying at seven. 
He's staying at seven. He like got the ping, but then the ping got taken away because yes. Mary. And Mary was lying. He's like, I was just playing. You know, I think mm. he was. I think Mary wasn't doing well. He was not doing well. He was not doing well Don't at all. Don't worry about me, Pip. All right, then we get to our boys running, 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 running. They ran so far away. Yeah, you know, we always talk about, you know, the Aragorn opening the doors is the hottest thing. I don't know. Viggo Mortensen laying on the ground listening to what an introduction to our our best boy right there. Oh, wow. my gosh. Wow. Air, Viggo Mortensen, eyes closed, laying on the on the cold, like, lovely earth of New Zealand, listening to foot, foot beats. Like, oh, my gosh. You know what needs to happen, too? Speaking of memes, someone needs to intercut Aragorn laying down like that on top of the dinosaur's chest. Yes. That's breathing. That Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Sam Neill. It's not Jeff oh, Goldblum. Oh, it's not Jeff Goldblum. But I feel like they someone did it with Jeff Some, Goldblum, Someone right? did Sam Neill on Jeff Goldblum when oh, he's shirtless on is. the table. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. It is Sam. Okay. That needs to be uh, superimposed onto yes. that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Like, what? And then, you know, you see... Uh, he's, so, he's so good at tracking, and I believe every minute of it. Actually, every mm, minute of it. I, we'll get to when I'm like, really? I'm not seeing anything. But he, this is what his skills are as a ranger. That's the thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. The yes. fact that he can, like, oh, Hobbit lay here. Are you, like, 200 horses just trampled through here plus orcs and everything. And you're picking this up, but you know what? But, but this is a good movie. That we, bu- we buy it that he gives us that. Yeah, that, that's, that's the only little stretch of imagination that kind of, like, I ha- that they asked me to suspend disbelief in for his skills. But, like... Being able to sense which way the orcs are going and how fast they're going. And between him and Legolas, they got it. They're on it, you know? And yeah. It's not like the thing. This is like probably what, what as you go further, for the, in the for book, the. for the father, uh, as you go further into the books, in the movies, the bond that is created between Legolas and Gimli here is Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn is unshakable. Like, at every pass, even Aragorn, when he has to like go to, like, the, the le- land of the dead or whatever, he's, like, trying to shake him. He's like, guys, you don't need to do this. You don't, like... And they're like, are you kidding? We will never leave you. And I feel like, you know, Aragorn deciding to go get the hobbits and them doing this sprint to go get them bonds them for the rest of their life, I think. so. Oh, for sure. Like, just, this is... A cross-country marathon. Where a dwarf is not built for this. No. And that's the thing. You know, like John Rhys-Davies, who said, like, he is the comedic relief in this movie. And he does a great job of it. There's just one moment I wish they would have done with him. And we'll get to it. Okay. Um, And just, it's so good. And, you know, like, oh, uh, Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? Which I, I've heard that people don't like that line. But I've always liked it. Because it's just simple communication of, like, hey... Elves have crazy good eyesight. And the, 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 it's not, a, I was about to say drone shot. This was before drones, but the shot that they use where you see like the cloud of dust that's so far away. Right, right, right. But right. it's such, like the visual language in these movies is just so great where you're like, you can't see exactly what he's looking at. And we're not going to give you like some zoom in elf 20, you know, one vision. You mean like they do in Rings of Power? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> they did do that. Elrond, like, 
like zoomed in on a conversation Duran was having with his wife. Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot did. about that. I forgot about it. <laughs> they did that, didn't they? He was did sitting. They? Yeah, no, they did. He was like supposedly leaving, and it was like the way the way that they did like the zoom pull. You get the impression that he's like watching them from one million miles away in Moria. That's right. They did. Oh my god. <laughs> so why don't people like the line though? Because you're totally right. It's just economy of words, and like rather than Aragorn going, I can see you're you're just like people may not know, especially if you're not a book reader, that an elf has obviously better eyesight here. I don't know. I like. I remember. I can't remember who I talked with. This. Did they feel like about. it was unnatural? Yeah. Like it was like. Okay, we get for, it. Forced, I see. But I don't know. I I feel like it, it really works. Well, it just it, like they also don't stop talking about how Gimli doesn't stop talking about being a dwarf. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so why can't it also be a bro being like, "Hey, what are your elf eyes see?" You know, it can also natural sprinters. Natural sprinters. Uh, we're we're, we're deadly <laughs> across short the- distances. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Um, well then there, you know, we see them track them. Is this, is this, they're taking the, uh, hobbits to Isengard moment? Yes. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Isengard. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. And then we go, then we go to Isengard and we see the full machinations of Uh, the machine of war. Our, our, our antagonist for this movie. Yes. Our main antagonist for this movie and the full industry Mm -hmm. of warmongering. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is, he has got his orcs working overtime, 24 hours a day. The fires are burning. Orcs are getting pooped out of the mud pit. And like you see them, you know, trudging up the lines. Like he has just got this thing. This is... This is the auto industry, but with orcs, like just assembly line of building an army. Yeah. It, I, I, a word to the wise, if you're watching this after you listen to this episode, don't eat during that scene. It's pretty awful. <laughs> I was it's, at- it's pretty bad. Um, and what, what were your thoughts? Did you ever think about this, that the movie was called... Two Towers a year after 9-11. Whoa. Did, did that ever connect with you? Because, like, I think, I think I thought about it. But for me, it was, like, name of the book. And so I never really connected those. But, like, the, you know, because, what was it? Like, Crash Into Me, um, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Like, songs got pulled off the radio. For yes. months. Yes. I mean, movies uh, that had the Twin Towers or there was. Yeah. A- like, you know, the, there was the infamous Spider-Man trailer that. Right. You know, that he webbed up the, the helicopter in between the, the Twin Towers and it got pulled. There was a movie with Tim Allen about people hijacking a plane that was like. Oh, I remember that. Supposed I, to come out that, that month or something like that. Yeah. Um, it. I remember even in school, in high school, for a couple of years, um, any mention of a plane crash or something was taken from like scripts or plays we were doing. Or, um, yeah, people were really sensitive to it. I actually am kind of fascinated that they, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't change it. You can't change it. But it yeah. never, it never brought it up for me, I don't think. Um, 
I think you probably have enough people who understand this is not the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's also fantasy, so it it's supposed to be an escape, and it probably acted as such. But man, I didn't even didn't even think of that. Crazy. I know, and that's the thing is that like what you can't change the name of like one of the most famous you pieces can't. of literature ever. But yeah, just I, yeah, you can't. All be, what, you, you can't be like Mount Doom and Isengard. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. But I think yeah, it's worth looking into what the effects of that were uh, was. I'm, at I'm the really time. interested in in, in in seeing that if like if there was any pushback from the studio or from the MPAA mm-hmm. or anything like that. Because there, because you're so right, there was it, it had a huge effect on so many different industries in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, before we take our break, where one of us does a commercial, what happens right before the birthing of the orcs, which is just like maybe one of my favorite parts in this whole first third, is. They, they, uh, Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas crest a, like a corner and a hill, and then they see the gap of Rohan, and you get the Rohan theme. Yeah, I love like the introduction to this entire kingdom. Oh, like, gorgeous. But my question to you is do you think if there were, do you think there are people who had, had yet to see or had, didn't read Lord of the Rings, and when they said horse lords, did they mean actual horses? <laughs> no, I don't think anybody thought. <laughs> Who thinks horse lords? Who calls horse lords? Well, you see why. Like they're not immediately. They're... Not not until like a scene or two later. Yeah, but they like... just call them horse lords, bro. I don't know. I I never thought about That's that. That's the commercial you're gonna do for me. Is, oh my um, <laughs> god, why am I always you know what? You are the okay, actor guys. out of okay. us. So why don't you okay, do fine. some improv? All right, I'll do I'll do the horse lord. Yeah. Um, um give me give me the vacation uh commercial for the horse lords. Like give me the vacation commercial for Rohan. Tucked away, nestled between the green hills of glory. Horse lords roam free on meadows of white flowers. Humans are only welcome when the horse lords <laughs> say <laughs> say yes. You can't ride upon these beasts of burden because they're the lords. Horse lord country, Rohan. Money's no good here. <laughs> amazing, amazing. We'll be right back, guys. to visit Rohan. Doubtful. I think they just probably closed their doors forever. <laughs> They're like, uh, thank you, Jessica. You did a great job in making no one want to come. But to- I do love, like, the, the scenes of Isengard, going back to that real quick, is that, um, like, you see just the power of Saruman where, like, you know, we just saw the true power of Gandalf with, you know, him fighting the Balrog and just Saruman's deception of the, the wild men of Dunlin. The right. Dunlanders, like him, like deceiving them, like them. they they stole your land, they they left you to scrap for rocks and the dirt and everything, and then them becoming like the raiders of all the villages and stuff. And it's like he knows what he's doing. He's 
he's building one army, but other than that, he's letting basically Rohan destroy itself. Yeah, because what's really crazy is the 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 overarching daddy big bad is Sauron, and Sauron is making all of this happen. Yes, by, which is fascinating too. But yeah, I don't know that Sauron gets anywhere near as devastatingly um, dangerous without Sauron's powers, for sure. And it's so funny that you know in this Christopher Lee piece, like together. Um my lord, we will We're rule this middle rule. earth. Yeah. And then later on you hear Galadriel say, like, oh, um, Sauron will use his puppet Sauron. It's like Galadriel knows what's happening. And it's for all the wisdom that Saruman has, he doesn't realize that as soon as, you know, Saruman destroys Rohan or whatever else he wanted him to do, Sauron will kill him. He'll they'll tear him down. Or yeah, I think that's what's kind of silly is Saruman thinking that they're going to rule together when in reality, I thought it, I, I thought the impression I had from the books was Saruman just knew I fight with him or he's going to kill me. It's one of the other. I don't know. I think because it's one thing that, you know, he let, you know, the Witch King take over Angmar and then uh, Minas Morgul and stuff like that. But that is someone who is a literal slave to him. Like, he, he has no will of his own. He only does the bidding of of Sauron. Uh, Saruman has his own mind. He, yeah, he's been, like, manipulated by Sar- Sauron, but he's not... He's still a, a free-thinking individual, and Sauron doesn't want any of those cronies. Like, he no, just wants... No, totally. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So, we get a scene where we see the horse lords uh, riding through an orc battlefield and they said, find the king's son. And I forgot that they found uh, Theodred alive here. Yes, And that truly makes Theoden's bewitching even sadder to me. Right. Like that he didn't even get to see his son in his last And he was there. Like, his son was there, and like this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I, I so Eowyn and Aomer are over Theodred's uh, body, like while he's fighting for his life, and they both look over at each other, like he's not going to make it. But do you think Grima Wormtongue finished the job? I don't think he finished the job. I think you know there's like a, a towel covering Theodred's wound, and it's really good. You know, again, visual language of them kind of looking at each other. You know, Eowyn looks at the wound. It's like, oh, my God. Like, the fact that he's even alive to this point. Sure. Because, like, he's probably feverish because, you know, he was in the rain dying from, a you know, a stab wound in his stomach. Face down, practically. Yeah. yeah. So if if the wound itself doesn't kill him, like, his fever will because he's probably sick and his body d- is, doesn't have the strength to fight it. Um, so I don't, I don't think, I don't think Grima did that. No, like there's a lot of bad things that Grima does. I don't think we need to give him credit for that. Right, right. That's fair. I have to say Brad Dourif is one of my favorite people on the planet. He's so good in this movie. It's, he's so good. In he's, this, movie. this is not as Grima to be fair, but kind of as Grima is so sexy to me. What? <laughs> Here's why. And this is also coming from the same girl who loves Bobcat Goldwaith. Okay. The, the talent that he displays here is 
so attractive to me. He's 100% in that role. Um, you've not seen the old Dune, right? From the 80s. I have. Oh, he's in that. He's a Mentat in that. Like, he's... He's he, the David Desmelchin part in the new one, right? I don't know that actor by name, so I couldn't. I can't visualize him. The one that goes to start a car to get the army, that guy. I, I actually probably should just see the movie again. It's, I have only seen okay. it once, so got it. Uh, but I'll look it up. Um, so yes, you're probably right. But Brad Dourif has this way of just 100 percent throttling himself into these characters to the point where Grima is so reprehensible. Oh, he's so bad. And you believe it. And interestingly enough, he kind of has a Gollum vibe. Maybe it's just like the sallow skin or something, or like the eyes, everything's sunk. There's a Gollum vibe here for sure. Like, I wonder how he got in. Like, he is a man of Rohan, but like, I wonder how he got into the king's court. I mean, somehow Sauron picked him off as a weak dude that was susceptible to his musings yeah and then i think it's promised him eowyn well let's let's this moment's confusing to me but i think it kind of gives us all the answers we're looking for after theodred is dead and eowyn is crying over his corpse and theoden didn't go to see him and you know he casts out eomer all those things that's next time this isn't okay well are we talking about it now i'm well i'm just jumping to that okay to point out what I think about Grima and how he's able to get to Theoden. He is, he tries to touch Eowyn, right? And then literally puts his hand on her face and she closes her eyes as he's talking to her, almost as if she's welcoming his touch and comfort in that moment. I think he is a spellcaster. I think he, you know, uh, what do they call it? He, did they, when they kick him out, they call him a shadow cast or uh, something. He doesn't like cast like high level spells, but he is able to seduce people. I think he's got like, like, you know, his name is Wormtongue. You think he's got like some magical, like persuasive skills or something? I think so. I think wh- whether it's Sauron granted or what have you, I think he had his way of like literally worming his way into people's like psyche and it was for two seconds working on eowyn do you think it's like through saruman like is saruman like giving him some magic type of stuff or do you i believe think, like, so i think that's how because he is an he's he is a puppet of saruman right yes absolutely so i think saruman got to him let me look this up really quick uh but yeah uh, run I us like back. What I, i'm picking up what you're putting down I, I like it honestly like it makes sense because there is that moment for sure i mean it's weird right it's... Well, like, they, they do play it like she's overcoming something. It is, like, it is the same kind of beat of Aragorn closing Frodo's hand. Oh, uh, sure. With the ring. It is kind of that same, like, you know, she does have her eyes closed. And then when she opens them, it's like this firm resolve of, like, your words are poison. And while, you know, she knows that the king is susceptible to them, she is not falling for that same trick. So, funnily enough, I found this on Quora, and ChatGPT answered the question on, on Quora, too, which is really interesting. Uh, Grima Word, Wormtongue first became associated with Saruman in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings novel as his advisor and counselor. In the story, Saruman, a powerful wizard and leader of this story, found Grima in Rohan and took him under his wing as a spy manipulator. 
so I imagine Saruman being like their friend because he was like he was a yeah. wise wizard in the in that area, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, must have saw seen that uh, Grima probably wanted Eowyn, or you know wanted more, was susceptible to Saruman's musings. Yeah. And uh, found his way and needled his way into Theoden's trust. No, for sure. It makes sense. I just, like, you know, didn't know how he got to, you know, be the hand of the king, basically. I think he weaseled his way there. For sure. That would be my guess. Um, like, it kind Grima Wormtongue kind of reminds me of, like, a Jared Kushner or something. Like, these idiots that, like... Not idiots. Like, kind of smart and smarmy. And, He's and, the little finger. He's the little finger of, right. of of Lord of the Rings. These people who know how to say, you're so smart. You're yeah, so... Yeah, he's a yes man. Yep. And and then get into the... And get into the, the good graces of someone who... Uh, you know, unfortunately, like, with, with someone like a Trump, like, you get... <laughs> You know, he just needs his ego stroked. With Theoden, he needed to literally be put under a spell in order to be cowed. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Brad Dourif is so perfect for this he's role. He's so good in this movie. Like, so he's... my question to you, why doesn't Grima just have Aomar killed? I don't know. I don't know if, like, that would be pushing it too far to maybe break the spell of Theoden, but his own son died and nothing happened. So I was wondering that, like, why he's banished. This is the stuff I don't like in in films and stuff where it's like the the bad guy's going to take two seconds to explain why he's not going to kill somebody or or the good guy doesn't pick up the gun when he should or, you know, like these moments that they do for dramatic extension always kind of bothers me. No, I get get it. I, I, I was thinking that, especially this last time, I was like, why? Doesn't like he's got his thugs right there beating him up. Like, I wonder if if he has Aomar killed, do the people of Rohan revolt? I think so. I think like you know, Theodra died fighting orcs. That's one thing. If Aomar dies under suspicious conditions in Edoras, his two thousand men will revolt against his little you know, band be. of six thugs or whatever he's got. Because, like, people can, like, understand he's banished for one reason or another. But, like, yeah. to actually, like, kill him might not go over. Like, morale is so low, though. And I think, and it's, like, you know, it's 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 corny. But it's, like, banishment is, like, almost worse for Aomer. Because he's, like, I can't do anything about it. I'm so honorable. Even though I know the king didn't do this, I have to follow this order. Yeah, sure. Um yeah, and everything plays out the way it's supposed to in order for the things to go the way that they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, that's how um, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli find out what's going on, too, um, which is really, really bold for Aragorn to go, what news from the mark? <laughs> also, for Aragorn being such a good tracker, they hear the, the horse's hooves at the last, <laughs> yeah, the fact that they weren't seen is crazy. They, he, Aragorn looks over to Legolas and is like, "Oh crap!" and then hides, and the horses crest the hill immediately. Yeah, but you can tell when orcs have turned to the left, right? It's five it's, days ahead of you. It's so funny. I love it. it is so it much. is very funny. But this scene is so awesome. Um, it is so cool to see the power of men, and then with these horses. Um, all circling around Legolas and Gimli, 
and yeah, the spears airport. out and everything. It's, it's such a cool moment to me, and them, you know, their their sigils being green and stuff. I just, I just do love the imagery so much here. Um, and then they, by the way, can we talk? We we kind of skipped over it. You know, we're talking about Aomer. Uh, one, who's better looking in these scenes? Is it Miranda Otto or is it Carl Urban? It's Carl I, Urban. He is so fierce. Like when. That scene when he's got Brad Dorf by the throat or like Oof. by his cheeks, like right there, he's like, "What was the promised price, Grima?" It's like, oh, "Who is this man?" Like, <laughs> I know, dude. When I think about me him, next, hard <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, no, we don't see passion from Aon really up until like he's running away with it right now as as the pretty yeah. one, and. Here's my problem is when I think about Carl Urban as a blonde, I'm like, that can't work. But then when I see it, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, they did like the, the right shade of blonde for him. It's like it's almost kind of like dirty blonde. It's not mm -hmm. like too, too blonde or anything, which I'm sure he is in the book. Like he's probably like Viking blonde in the book. They totally are for sure. Yeah. But it but works just, perfectly. Yeah, he's, him and Eowyn probably have the same hair color in the book. But just he, his facial hair is so great. And then, you know, when he rides up, he's like, what uh, What business does an elf man and a dwarf have in the Rittermark? Like, like, oh. And I just love Gimli. Like, tell me your name, Horsemaster, <laughs> and I will tell you mine. Like, it's like, okay. And this, and again, another friendship mark where, you know, he gets off his horse, hands his sword to somebody. He's like, I cut off your head, dwarf. And then immediately Legolas just draws down on him. And there's so many things from one amazing friendship scene that Legolas it like even Gimli's surprised of Legolas's reaction 100% and then that Gimli I mean Legolas can draw his bow and knock an arrow faster than any of the men can even react to it to push a s spear toward them yeah that's already out it's <laughs> yeah. all, like already pointed toward them he can do it faster than they can like even begin to move it's so, so that's crazy. what I'm saying you're totally right and I have like a big heart around this moment too because like Gimli's touched and shocked and this bond is there these guys yes. are like to ride or die because like also Aragorn's not like letting them in on what his plan is here and so Aragorn should be like shut up I'm gonna talk yeah <laughs> you know and doesn't do that like he kind of leaves them hanging out but he also trusts them with his life you know so you don't have to kind of like have a powwow every time you make a decision no, I, I I love so many of these moments, but yeah, um, and Urban actually, we do see the we do see the orcs need to breather right before this moment too, when this is the meets back on the menu book. That's right, we do because like this is right that. after the the red sun rises and everything. Like, <laughs> by the by the way, I, we are at wartime in Middle Earth. How many red suns are rising there, uh, Legolas? Like, do you have to be within a certain you know? radius of death to to because people be dying you know we just saw an entire village get slaughtered by wildlings like what what are we talking about here legolas it might be his more dumb moment uh yeah like yeah we're, we do point out the fact that you know gimli is the the comic relief but like they try to make legolas this like poetic bro and it doesn't it, it's so tough yeah sometimes it really doesn't work like his his prose and everything like that did you see the meme that was like it's a called dawn it happens every morning bro yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's it's the pollution in the sky from from Isengard there, buddy. That's why the the sunsets are looking and the sunrises are looking a little different nowadays. You know, it's what's also kind of funny. Another dumb Legolas moment is once after they're given the horses horses by uh, Carl Urban Daddy, um, they get up to the pile of burning orcs and in Gimli finds one of their wee belts, which is oh heartbreaking. Heartbreaking line read. Legolas just gives up and starts praying immediately. Yep. He's oh, he's like, no, they're dead. They're so dead, man. They're so dead. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if you know this. Aragorn broke his toe when he kicked the helmet. Did you know what? that? What? <laughs> I'm so mad you got that in. I was, I was trying to look at it. But I do, I do want to talk about the, the, the night of, of orcs before the attack and... Like I love, I you know I like this extended scene uh, because it does give like the power dynamic of like the Mordor orcs and the Isengard orcs of like no, we're we're not gonna eat these hobbits. Uh, they're going to Isengard unspoiled. Like uh, Master thinks he has a weapon uh, for the war, and Pippin, they think we have the ring. Psst, Shh, shut up. And I think- <laughs> And I think Mary even I don't know if I don't think Mary says shut up, but he's like, quiet. The minute they find that we don't, like we're dead. I like, didn't even have that ding, and it is totally a ding. It's the for me, it's the second biggest ding after the well in Moria. Yeah, that's totally fair. That that is number two. Like we're well, gonna no, so he's at eight now. Pippin is officially at eight. Officially at eight, because it's like you can just give someone a knowing look. And everything will be communicated there. You don't need to say, "Oh my hey, god!" They think we have the ring. <laughs> don't let them know we don't. <laughs> but what again, a this, this is where I really do want to talk about, like how good the the makeup is, because all the different orcs, like the just a mouthful orc. Like, the blood coming in between his teeth as he's talking. They're fresh. Like, that that line always stuck in my head. And then the one that ends up being killed by Treebeard, his jaw work, where he's like, oh, did they give good sport? Like, he does, like, <laughs> you know, like oh, my gosh. Like, these these actors, you'd never know, you know, who they, like, that. I could pass them on the street and you'd never know, but they're giving it. Just 130%. I will say there is one actor that has like a face piece that can't move next to that actor that you just talked about. That it just looks like a puppet that's like moving left and right while in one of those. Oh, scenes. I gotta go back and watch it now <laughs> it's when I really I'll unsettling. Rewind it. <laughs> it looks it looks like a Skeksis from oh, Dark yeah, Crystal yeah, yeah. almost. <laughs> Love it. But, but it, yeah, they're just It is this, so good. You're totally right. And it's like the you know, the trees groaning and like, I love the introduction of Fangorn where like, oh, they used to talk and even move and it's like so perfect. Okay. So we, we get this scene and then we go back and then we see, so you had a problem with Aragorn tracking? I, 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 listen, you can't have 17,000 horses. Yeah. <laughs> roaming across the battlefield. Then running around to clean up the bodies and put them in a pile directly next to where... Aragorn sees that and and think that the I mean I guess was it raining it was at night the, the ground isn't even that soft bro like yeah. and the you know he's like the the bonds were cut like that's the cut the bonds were buried <laughs> I just don't know how like 
I could imagine him seeing the Hobbit footprints. Basically, here, let's put it this way. The reason that I don't love it is um, the the scene that they're doing this in, the area doesn't look like it would betray much of um, its Yeah, tracks. it's like all, it's all dry, dusty ground. Like it needed to and be like dirt wet, and, and trodden grass. and everything. Yeah. I mean, but that's just it though. You're supposed to like suspend disbelief and also just remember that everyone's an incredible tracker. So like- I guess it just isn't congruent with how I feel like he would find the first sign of the tracks, but it is, but, but like, as he like finds them and they're running toward the forest, I would, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it did. I like, I, I totally understand what you mean. And you are right. Like a lot of stuff happened that a hobbit lay here. No, he didn't. You don't, you don't know that. You don't know that. I'm sorry, dude. Like, I didn't even think about them dragging the bodies towards the fire, like let alone an entire battle happening with cavalry. And them running around each and every direction. Then you do have them dragging, like, corrupting the crime scene, like, and everything. So, yeah. no. There's a they- certain point when you're tracking. If there are so many footprints, you're not going to be able to distinguish, like, one thing from another. Let alone a 60-pound, three-foot-nothing being on yeah. the ground for moments. So that's, I guess that's just the, the part that like, it, it, it makes me feel the same way Aragorn flipping up onto the horse makes me feel. So that's, fair. that's, that's just how I feel. Um, I will say that same orc that you're talking about won't give the F up. No, like he is hungry. <laughs> He's just like so all about these hobbits. I, I guess I kind of get it though, because they do like man flesh. They do like flesh. And, and he's like, also just running away from the battle at that point. It's just sure, like, might sure. as well like get out of there. You know, these hobbits are probably easier to kill than, you know, uh, Rohan soldiers. But yeah, just that whole scene is great. And then Pippin's yell Mary! at Treebeard. <laughs> no. When he, when Treebeard wakes up. <laughs> while oh, after yeah. climbing him is one of my favorite reactions of all time. What what was your head cannon for Treebeard? Was it this? Because I think I pictured more of a Hagrid type of situation oh. than like a literal living tree. I think I always pictured a tree, um, but then when I when we recently read the Two Towers, Alex and I did. I don't know where I got that because it's okay. certainly not described that way. Um, they're described more. I, I think, I think the movie gives us a little bit closer to book descriptions than my brain even did. I always imagined like a giant canopy on top of the tree and, you know, like, okay. um, I, I even still, I forget that, you know, Treebeard's basically cut off at the head. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his shoulders are up to where his head is and stuff. Um, it, it, I think they do a good job. I, I, I have no problem with what they did. I'm just saying like what, you know, when things, you know, are translated from movies, like, you know, they're always different than what you, especially fantasy things, you know, unless there's, because I've, even bef- after that, you know, I saw like plenty of like artist renderings and stuff like that from different books. So I knew I was way off. Uh, like, I knew I was wrong. I wasn't, like, right. mad at the movie or anything. I was just like, oh, this is just, like, not what I imagined. I think I felt the same. Although I think I'm on record in this podcast going, oh, my God, it's 100% how I pictured it. I, I guess if I can remember back at, with as much clarity as one can when one was 13 or 12, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was surprised. Like, it worked, but it wasn't what I remember or what I thought it was going to be. Totally fair. 
Amazing choice, though, to make John Reese davies the voice for Treebeard. Right? So good. So, so smart. Also, shout out a- to John Reese davies for not being the only one that doesn't have to do that the cross-country running because the, that was – there's probably like the big helicopter shots of them running across country. There's probably stunt doubles, but there's a lot of like you can see yes. Viggo Mortensen and Orlando Bloom's face. Yes, so. yeah, I, it probably isn't Gimli for some of the force perspective, or yeah. uh, not him. Um, but what's cool about Treebeard, which I think works, is he's got a lot of Gandalf to him too. Yes, I think it's kind of hard to divorce yourself from anything with a long beard and talking like that and not think Gandalf. But it totally has a Gandalf vibe for sure. No, you're totally right. And I I like Treebeard. As I was watching, I was like, man, he really does talk slow. <laughs> like, even when he's upset. But I like, you know, they come with fire. They come with axes. Like, you know, it's it's such a cool introduction to such a fantastical creature. Like, t- a talking, walking tree. Yeah, it was probably one of my favorite machinations of jr in in total because it does make sense that um these things that are around us all the time or should be trees um carry information that we don't have or have just seen it all and what's really cool about treebeard if you go back and read it he wants to learn everything he can from the hobbits Oh, for sure. It's like, and they tell themselves, and they do have it, you know, where he's like singing songs and all that, like to them and like putting them to sleep, which is, it's so cute when you fast forward. Uh, I don't think we're going to cover it, but when Mary, uh, Pippin falls asleep, like, like a little baby listening to him tell this like sonnet or whatever. But like, they write stories to have like, remember things that the hobbits taught them. And it's just, it's a very beautiful fantastical creature and it and it makes the world that we live in even a little more um magical i think and i love it this has nothing to do with this part of the movie but the entwives just make me so sad I know. we'll talk about it later but it makes me so sad when i think about it all right, so we fast forward to, not fast forward, but next scene is the Dead Marshes, which whatever Sam sticks his foot into makes me want to die. Oh, it's so bad. It's got to be just like a maggot-infested pit. Is that what it is? Because I don't, actually don't answer it. I don't want to know. It is upsetting. upsetting. For sure. Truly upsetting. Yeah, the whole, the whole scene is them dealing with the Dead Marshes and... This is some imagery that's just done so well. Maybe not when Frodo falls into the water. It's like a little gimmicky. Yeah, like all the underwater stuff with Peter Jackson, because I was watching like a scene, like a deleted scene from King Kong, and it's like how exaggeratedly slow they're moving and stuff. I'm like, you don't move like that. Like you move slower in underwater, but you don't move like you're in molasses or something. I think we're just meant to believe that there's like a slow-mo, like time is just slowed down. Like, oh, yeah, just the, the bodies in the dead marshes and like the, the silhouetted faces are so great. It's like, you know, what's interesting too is like when you see Frodo around the marshes, the water is like bubbling, but then when you see the faces, it's glass. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so good, and it's like from the Battle of the Last Alliance, uh, the siege of Mordor lasted for I think seven years, and that's this is where like basically all the bodies like there were just too many to bury, so they just left them. Horrible, horrible. Truly, truly like horrific things, um, and it's done so well. 
and like the you can hear like the battle cries in the background and but yeah you are right like when he does eventually you know i love you know the you see the full elf in his armor and then the eyes open but yeah when you do when he does fall in it does like become like a little indiana jones ish it's and, it's like he's in the ring realm but in with green tinting or something it it's yeah. a little it's horrifying, but it's a little. It campy. does the job it's supposed to do, but like Correct, it does look exactly with how unique so many things look. It does look, you know, universal horror monster like stock, stock. Uh, you know, like you said, like Chat GPT, show me what a, a ghoul looks like, <laughs> sure. kind of stuff. Totally, and it, it, it is, and, and and only in that way is it disappointing. Like it, it does what it's supposed to do, conveys the message it's supposed to, but yeah, it's just like oh man, but especially with how cool the rest of this looked with. To your point, Sam died at the end of Fellowship. Frodo died here. Frodo's dead. Frodo's absolutely dead. He he is long <laughs> underwater. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. And again, definitely Gollum is the one that gets him out because well, Sam so can't swim. This is – oh, that's a good point. So right before this moment, they're like talking. They're like two days into the marsh and um, – Slowly, Gollum goes to reach for Frodo, but really he's reaching for the ring, and Frodo is just That's like, That's a Get great away. moment. That's a great extended uh, movie moment, too. Totally. That's not in theatrical. Yeah, I, it makes sense why it's not, because the same beat is repeated when Gollum saves Frodo from the marshes, but it's I actually feel really a pity, Gollum, because yes, he's reaching for the ring in some way, but he's really... This is where this is why I say Gollum, uh, Smeagol exists in Gollum, a piece of Smeagol is reaching out for connection to Frodo, and Frodo pushes him away, and it's very sad to me. And then, this is what's interesting, because we also, we already, we haven't had, like, the awakening of Smeagol yet. It happens right before, the, it, it, this moment happens before Frodo goes, you once were called Smeagol. Yeah. Gollum saved Frodo. If Gollum wanted the ring, he would have taken it. That would no, be the time. Gollum saved – like, Gollum – this is not, like, some altruistic moment, though. He is a slave to the ring, and he made a deal with the ring. Like, he is a slave to the ring. Why and wouldn't he have taken the ring in this moment, then? Because he's not smart enough. He doesn't think like that. Of course he's smart enough. This is the opportunity to take the ring, bro. Come on. You, you can't. No, he made a deal, and he said, he, you swear by the precious. To that do is, what? To take them. To take them to Mordor. He can't break that promise. So you think that's the only reason he saved Frodo? The here? only reason. There is no good reason uh, that Golem saves him here. I think it's the perfect opportunity to get the ring, and he, it, the fact that he didn't take the ring here kind of shows some goodness in him. No, it doesn't. Okay, You're okay. reaching. I'm not. <laughs> that's such a reach because he literally says, "Like the ring is treacherous. It will hold you to your word." These words, like this exact same thing, like the exact words are spoken in the movie. He's not doing, like he's doing it because he's the master of the precious. That's it. Okay. Okay. All right. I I think it's, co I don't think it's coincidental that the scene right before this is Gollum trying to reach out for connection and then he saves Frodo. I think he cares about Frodo genuinely. I really do. He, why would he care about Frodo in this moment? I, because Frodo is like him. For the Gollum hasn't met somebody who is like him, who's understood the pull of the ring, and for for the last time in five hundred years, someone has shown him somewhat kindness, and is understands this 
somewhat what he's gone through. This for me, like this this scene is good, but it's also like the Aragorn with his statue of his mother scene where it's like it's good, but it almost messes up the rest of the continuity where this does come before the Smeagol awakening where he calls him Smeagol for the first time and like his eyes get wide like my name. I haven't Mm -hmm. heard my name in so long. It's almost like messing up the continuity of the awakening of Smeagol where you have this like self-conscious moment of like, oh, he – you know what it's like when really he's just been this feral beast for the last 60 years or even before then for the last 500 years almost – um, where he's just been in a mountain cave killing orcs for sustenance. Uh, and this is, like like you said, like he's never really talked to anybody for a long time, like until Bilbo comes along and he riddles in the dark. And he's like, but I get to eat you if you, if you lose. Like, So it's like this halfway thing. And so, I don't know. I do like this scene, but I feel like it does mess with like the contingency and like the continuity. Gosh, I couldn't, I disagree with you, but I understand why you feel that way. I feel like it makes it even more impactful, the betrayal. I think like up until this point, Gollum is planning on betraying them and now he's torn. But I don't think at this point he's even thought about Shelob or anything like that. No, no, that's true. That's true. Um, Let's see. We have the Nazgul show up. And my question is, like, why does Sauron even use the Nazgul if they can't detect where the goddamn ring is? I don't know, is? man. Like, like bro, what's the like, point? what are you doing? Like, they're hiding under the tiniest bush ever. Like, even like, with what your are they eyes, looking for? Right? Like, you don't don't send me up in a helicopter. I've got <laughs> terrible eyesight. Like, but I'm not going to volunteer for that job. Let alone if I'm like, oh, my spidey sense is tingling. I think something's around here. Like, no. What? Like. It is a great reveal of him, like, riding, and then you're just like, oh, how is he riding a horse through the marsh? Oh, my God, what is that thing? Totally. totally. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, but it makes absolutely no sense. Like, it, here's the thing. It does instill fear in the books and in the movies when you see them, and it does, like, pain Frodo for sure, but they accomplish nothing. <laughs> Except for like as time passers in like you can mark the time by when Legolas saw a Nazgul and Frodo saw the same Nazgul. Yeah, they really like did a lot of stuff before the War of the Ring. Like, you know, the Witch King of Angmar like took over, like basically destroyed that whole where like the, the Rangers came from. Right, right, right. He right. destroyed that whole kingdom and everything like that. But when when it came time for finishing the job, they really uh, fumbled the snap there. Like yeah, c- congrats! You took Osgiliath for the twentieth time. Like, <laughs> oh, God. W- w- cool, dude. Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's so it's so strange. Like how terrifying and menacing they are, but man, they do not do much in these books. <laughs> it's it's kind of embarrassing, but but they still like seeing how it the the sword stabbing affects yes. Frodo, him yeah, wanting like, to put the ring on. That works. Movie, oh, yeah. Everything works about this. It's only, you know, after you've seen the movie 400 times like we have that, you know, we're allowed to, like, make these, like, fun nitpicks and stuff because it is, like, dude, they're, they're, they're right there. Right. Why don't you see them? It is cool. Like, they did find, like, a, a spot, like, in a real marsh, it looks like, unless everything here is digitally created, which it doesn't it, seem to be. It does. So much. That's... I, I don't like to take myself out of films, but like even when we like come to Rohan, when Aragorn and Gandalf and all of them come up to it, and we'll talk about that next episode. Yeah, like 
even though a lot of those houses aren't real, it doesn't look fake. It doesn't look fake at all. It's yeah. so wild how like real it looks. And so that part where they show the overhead side of it, where like they found a spot in a marsh that has like a little plant or right. like growth in the middle. I'm like, that's just that's the extra effort where like, oh, they're hiding right there. That's so good. It works. It works like those details make these movies God, these movies are so special for so many different reasons. Um, yeah, it, it it works and you believe that like danger is that close to them. Yes. And it's it's real. <coughs> so we have uh actually let's just let me yeah, danger is that close to them. So then we get to um, basically Gimli, Legolas, and Aragorn entering Fangorn, already kind of afraid of it. Legolas seems to be a little bit turned on by the, the trees. Legolas is so horny in this moment. His <laughs> eyes have never been wider. He's pr- he's practically skipping. Folks, I like, think I hope you know Ben and I don't like share notes with each other no, before we do these. No, things, we, this but- is this is just like if anyone has any other notes on this, they're wrong because Legolas <laughs> is horny right now. Like he's like. They're old. They're oh so- my god, they're so old. <laughs> well, and it it means even more to think of it that way when you realize Gimli, like Gimli, these trees. <laughs> exactly. Cause because Gimli says, I'll take you back to the glittering caves, and Legolas goes, Let's go back to Fangorn. And that's yeah. what they do in, in their and that, pro that's movie. That's what I wish is that, you know, again, Gimli plays this like, oh, what do they have to talk about? Squirrel droppings? Like, oh, nice trees, funny trees. And it's like, that's a good joke. Because dwarves wouldn't understand, and that's totally understandable. But they needed that same moment with the glittering caves with Gimli. They needed to give him some depth, and they just don't. And it's I I love John Reese Davies' performance in this. I love what they do with him. It's a great you know bromance between him and Legolas. You know later on when they're counting up kills and everything. It's yes. awesome, truly amazing. You know, dying side by side with a friend. Beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. No notes. But they needed a moment just like this where they're wandering through the caves and Gimli has this like the same skipping around like because there's a long conversation in the book where, you know, Legolas doesn't understand. He's like, why do you want to go back to the caves to mine it? He's like, no, like I just I want to show you That's what where he can we breathe. love. Like, like these things that the men just like, oh, they're called the glittering caves. Like this is so special to a dwarf. Like this is something that you make your home and you like you don't touch, but you just like truly admire these things and you adore them and you like lavish in these amazing settings. And it it's it's kind of like a missed opportunity a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, especially because I mean it could have been as quick of a scene as this, even because Exactly, like an extended scene. Like, you know, this whole this whole conversation isn't in the the, the theatrical cut. Um Except for like the the lower your axe thing, like that's about it. But there's not like Legolas explaining to Gimli why these trees are different than any other force that 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 he's been in before, and so like just something like that where I feel like it, like this kind of thing can go both ways, and it would have been really cool cool both ways. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I do love the the way Jonathan Reese Davies. John Reese davies voice gets high where he's like, charming trees, beautiful trees. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's like so I said, delightful. everything works in this for sure. It's delightful. Uh, but it's like I just wanted like a little bit more. So um, this is where we're coming to the end of our 
um, recap or, you know, deep dive. But but uh, what happens in the book is they're on the edge of Fangorn Forest and they think they see a white wizard um, yes. a couple times, I think. And yeah, it's like, like while they're freaking. like camping and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and they have to like hide. And like there's like other kind of like even more scary things like. And um, they do actually see Saruman. Like. Is, I, do you really think it is Saruman? Well, like I, thought, I don't think I thought, it is. I think in the book, don't they say that? Oh, we saw this guy a few days ago, and Gandalf says, "Like that wasn't me." Like I, I, I would. But so I, that's where I question. Because here's the thing: Gandalf literally goes, "Oh, that was my name." I think Gandalf doesn't know who the heck he is for sometimes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I don't so like that. that's how I've always interpreted it. But both things can be true because yeah. Fangorn is on the steps of Isengard, but I don't know what. You know, Saruman would be doing out there unless he's like spell casting himself out there. But I chose to read it as um, Gandalf was a little aimless and confused and like didn't even know if he was a good or bad guy. And then when he goes, they did call me Gandalf. Oh, okay. Like, because he plays riddles with them when he meets like Merry and Pippin and all yeah. those things. So. Uh, and another thing I have to say is like, I believe he's already come across. Um, Treebeard, who I don't think Treebeard calls um, Gandalf Gandalf, because like you know, there's plenty of names for Gandalf. Yeah. Um, but I feel like he saw Pippin and Mary, and Mary wouldn't wouldn't they have called him Gandalf? So for him to say to Aragorn, "Oh, they did call me Gandalf," it's like, bro, has no one called it to you since you've been back? Um, but I do love that they made him sound like Christopher Lee. So like you know how we talked about the the scouring of the. The Shire doesn't happen in the movies, but they allude to it um, in the in Gladriel's mirror. Um, they allude to whether it's Sauron, Saruman, or uh, Gandalf pretty well here by literally making it look like Christopher Lee too. Yes, when, and like he they they've got like a little Christopher Lee voice filter over him while he's talking. Uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, a hobbit passed through here not yeah. two days ago." Like it does sound like Christopher Lee, and it is a great reveal. Um, I like, you know, he, he like blocks the hatchet, blocks the, the arrow and heats up Aragorn's sword. Um, it's amazing. It is really good. And like, but why is, why is Gimli crying so much? He's like, Gandalf, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, again, I'm not one to, to stomp on anyone's feelings, but you just met him like a few months ago. <laughs> That's fair. I, that is fair. I think also just the miracle of him being alive is you know, probably overwhelming. Means, yeah, and maybe he means a lot to him because of what he went through with his dad. Um, yeah, it rem it reminds me again. I have a closer relationship with my father than anyone else had with Gandalf here. But like, my father had just left to go overseas for he would go overseas for months at a time mm. to live in Asia, and then and then he died. His dad died. Not he died. Jesus, his dad died like the day after he left. And everyone's like, oh, my God. Like, they didn't have the best relationship. He was not a great man. But, like, it's still your dad, right? Yeah. And so no one knew, like, well, he just left. He's not going to – he can't even afford to fly back. We're at our church, and my dad walks across the courtyard, comes to the funeral late, and shows up. And I, like, turn white as a ghost, start immediately bawling, and, like, float over to my dad. Like, I was, like, possessed by this moment. Um, because he, sh he should have never been there. And in a way, like when you're seeing Gandalf and you're like so sure. Also, there's catharsis here too. Not Caradras, catharsis. Because <laughs> there's Caradras in these moments. <laughs> because 
Gimli could be blaming himself for Gandalf's death. Oh, uh, then you know, yeah, we talked about that uh, last uh, the other week. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So there's some relief there too. It could be one like a multi pronged emotional. Yeah, you know what? I term. I completely take back my statement. I well, was wrong. No, it's a good question though, and and I never thought of it that way. So thank you for the question. Um, so. Gandalf is back, our friends. We are so glad to be with you on this journey. Any other takeaways from the first third of this film that you want to share? Just a like a, a great way to introduce more things. You know, we just got introduced to this entire world this last movie, right. like hobbits and elves and the ring and everything that's going on. And then the next movie, they're like, okay, there's a whole new kingdom we're going to get introduced to, and it's going to be the entire focal point of this movie. Like, yeah, the, the ring is going to move closer. We're going to continue these things. But there's a whole new kingdom, and it is going to be the whole focal point of this. And you're just like, okay, let's go. <laughs> you're going to meet people that you have. Like, that, that's what's fascinating is you have no clue these people are coming if you are just a movie watcher. And you love them as though they were in all three movies. They're- oh, yes. Like, you're immediately attached to Aomer and Eowyn. When, you know, Theoden as well, great introduction to, to Gollum, you know, uh, someone you've heard so much about. The Ents so. just, like, making an amazing entrance. And, like, yes. all of it works. It entrance. just works. <gasps> oh, we did it! We did it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best! The best! <laughs> it's, this is such a good podcast. The greatest podcasters alive! Woo! If you do anything today, go tell everybody about this great podcast, please. Yes. We need more, we need and more this of our friends. moment specifically, in the last hour and a half that you listen, listened, just, just be like, just wait for it. Just wait for You're, it. It's like an entire hour-long film, like, wait for the end, watch till the end, watch till the end. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> like every single TikTok is like, oh, the, the last clip is funny. It's like, I get it. You want me to watch the full video for the engagement numbers. Like, you don't have to keep saying that, okay? And lately, they don't even give you the funny one. I don't know nope. if you've experienced that. Where it's nope. like, we're about to do the thing. We're about to, we don't do it. And it makes me want to throw my phone. Anyway, folks, we're so grateful to be on this journey with you. Ben, I love doing this with you. It's so uh, fun. And I, well, the best part is, even though I, we're watching all these movies and we're in the middle of the holiday season, I know I'm going to watch them again with Alex. So, Oh, for sure. Uh, this, is, this is homework. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna sit back and relax next time and watch them. Can't and wait. And I've already prepped Alex for joining us for the final episode. So, uh, we'll, Yay. Well, I know. I'm excited. And folks, you can get involved with us in several different ways, best way to do it is uh, join us on Instagram at PotterPod, uh, P-O-T-R-P-O-D, or Insta- uh, Twitter, which is Pod of the Rings. You could even join us on Patreon, um, help us bolster that presence and support the show, like our dear friend Arsenal Roy 2K, who is one of the we nine remembered. men. We remembered. I've been getting better. We, you know, we're just, in, we're in a better flow, yeah, too, Yeah, we got right this. We too. got this. It's nothing. We're getting, like, fun, like, things. That commercial that we built in is fun. I really like what we're doing lately. I'm liking it, too. Yeah. So uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash pod of the rings. A lot of different ways you can get involved. But until then, tell your friends. Tell your friends. May our paths meet again. (laughs) Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.